So I think um, perhaps we'll start now, and uh, uh, people can join in as they as they come in. The um, thank you all for coming. It's a busy uh, week in New York, as you all know, uh, and we're um, thrilled at Bospecia to have the opportunity to host uh, this conversation. And it's a conversation that is uh, extremely relevant uh, now. Um, one, because Pushpa Mala has this uh, great show uh, up in the gallery, uh, but also uh, because of the times uh, of the times that we live in and the issues that are relevant in, uh, in today's uh, society. Uh, a conversation uh, that is really unique in its ability um, to, uh, to happen here uh, and uh, because the um, Saloni Mathur, who's, uh, uh, who trained in cultural anthropology at the New School here in 1998 in New York, uh, and is now uh, associate professor at UCLA in, in the field, has spent a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of years and a lot of energy and effort um, and uh, is highly regarded in the field of cultural anthropology and visual culture as it relates to South Asia and to the South Asian diaspora. Uh, Pushpamala has been uh, essentially embodied the practice of, uh, of that very field uh, within uh, South Asia and, um, and, has, and has so for uh, many years in the past. And this is her second solo exhibition here at Bospecia. Uh, and, and we see that third? Third. Third, sorry. <laughs> third, third solo exhibition here at, uh, at Bospecia. And we are able to see her, um, her interventions and investigations uh, in the South Asian context and now in an entirely non-South Asian context in Paris Autumn. And I think it'll make for a fascinating uh, discussion between Saloni and uh, Pushpamala. Uh, so uh, thank you all. And thank you. Thank you. Do I start? <laughs> I, guess, uh, the, I guess I do. Well, thank you very much, uh, uh, Arlene Mita. It's my first time uh, at the gallery, and it's a privilege to, to be here because I've been watching from the West Coast for many years, as I've told you. My only real um, qualification in uh, hosting the conversation with Pushpa is really that I've been a fan for many years, and I have now a chance to talk to her about a lot of things that I've wanted to uh, in, uh, in public as well. And um, uh, so I'd like to maybe talk to you a little bit about the show, but I think many of us uh, have been watching your long history of photographic uh, performance now and maybe talk to you about some of the trajectories that you're on as well. But maybe um, you could, maybe let's begin by just telling us about um, this title, Paris Autumn, because I gather it for you meant uh, a very specific context for the production of the show. So tell us about how you, uh, what, what that context was and how this body of work emerged. Ah, well, I was in, uh, on a residency in Paris in the mm -hmm. autumn, mm -hmm. uh, but my original title for the work was uh, Rue Chapon, which is the street that I lived on near the, in, the, in the Marais. But I thought Rue Chapeau was uh, too, I mean, you know, it was too French and no one would know, but it's not a famous street or anything like that. Uh, so I, th I wanted a more general uh, title, and I just thought about uh, Paris Autumn. It was not really in connection to the show Indian Summer, as you, yes. <laughs> as yeah. you thought. But maybe, I don't know, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe that was at the back of my mind. Um, yeah, what happened was um, uh, it started off as quite a specific thing uh, to do with the history of uh, Gabriel Destray. But when I, I shot the initial material in... Uh, I shot the material actually in uh, Paris, but when I came back to India and looked at the material, um, then I had to add a lot more stuff and I had to think about a different kind of form because my original idea of the ghost story didn't make sense, you know, because how does it end and what does it mean? Uh, so the whole thing changed into a kind of um, diary of my stay there. Mm -hmm. And therefore I, I thought of a more mm -hmm. general uh, kind of title. Maybe tell, tell the group about the, yeah. the ghost of Gabriel Destri and the story behind yeah. the... Uh, so a friend of mine actually found me this uh, room in this old uh, uh, building in uh, the Marais. And um, what happened was that uh, initially I was supposed to do this project with an art school uh, just outside uh, Paris, but that didn't work out. So I wasted about one and a half months just going there, and then I, finally I decided to work on my own. So then I thought that I've, I've I work in different genres, actually. So I've always wanted to do a ghost story. And in India, I thought of this whole 
thing like you know like a madhubala kind of uh, thing like mahal or something like that or whatever but uh, i thought this was a good idea to maybe uh, do a ghost story because this whole old building had these uh, very strange sort of structure with the little rooms and uh, you know the creaky staircase and uh, uh, so on and when i was uh, talking to my landlord who hap happens to be an art historian he said this building has a very interesting history it's actually uh, the mansion used to belong to this uh, Uh, to Gabriel de Estre, who was the mistress of Henry the Fourth in the 16th century. So uh, then he said, "There's a painting of hers at the Louvre, and I'll show you the picture on, on the on TV on, on the computer." And uh, I know that painting. You know, this is a very famous painting of these two naked women in the bathtub, called Gabriel de Estre and her sister. And I studied it in art school. So I was absolutely thrilled. I said, "I'm going to be in my own art history." <laughs> So I started following up that lead and uh, started doing some research. I went to the Louvre. I found the painting over there, and then I decided to. Uh, that's how I uh, decided to sort of. Uh, it's like a thriller, like a kind of. I, I become like a detective, you know, looking at the past. So in a sense, uh, it's factual because I was. I started sort of investigating that history, and it led me to this uh, a whole period of the 30 years religious wars in France. and um, what happened when i was in paris was that these 2005 riots broke out though i didn't directly experience them or see them because they actually happened in the suburbs i want i said this is fantastic material you know and here i am an artist and uh, i should include it in my work but uh, i didn't want it to sort of uh, uh, directly connected to the 30 years wars which was between the protestants and the uh, catholics in uh, france it was during the period of the reformation It was a very kind of uh, violent period, and um, um, so when I came back here, I had to think about all these uh, questions: how to structure the film. So it had to be very episodic, and then um, so I had to be very careful. And another thing is, this was the first time I was. Uh, uh, it's very different from my earlier work because this is the first time I'm actually handling um, a history, you know, mm -hmm. historical facts. So I had to be very careful mm -hmm. about. Um, Mm -hmm. How I did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I heard the title myself, uh, yeah. Pushpa has a reputation with art historians for, you know, sending us sort of false leads and keeping us running and looking at the intertextual references, and um, and it's a lot of fun. And and this one I thought was um, a reference. I thought this would be very Pushpa-esque uh, to the show that was earlier that summer called uh, In Indian Summer, yeah. and I thought Pushpa was inverting. Paris Autumn and Indian Summer, a show that you were actually participated in, yeah. um, was a show that featured Indian artists in Paris. So the French were looking at, in other words, Indian artists. And I thought Pushpa was inverting that somehow by placing Paris um, on display for the Indian artists. But of course, like in many cases, she sent me down a false lead, and none of that was uh, was relevant. But the um, The image of Paris is very striking. In, in, in many ways, it is a ghost story and so on. But uh, it's a story also about the the city of Paris mm -hmm. really emerges very prominently. Mm -hmm. And um, you you know you begin with uh, some references from Benjamin Walter Benjamin and uh, Baudelaire and I think Krakauer as well. Yeah. Which so can you tell me that for for me and I, I imagine for some of you it recalls. Um, most closely, Phantom Lady, in terms of yeah. your previous work, the kind of haunt and look and feel, and also the image of the city uh, mm -hmm. in Phantom Lady. Of course, it's, it's Bombay, and now it's Paris. Yeah. So, can you tell me about um, how, how the city appears as a theme in, in, in your work? In um, see, when I get, came back, I wanted a sort of uh, referencing uh, thing, you know, to structure the film, and um, I love uh, Walter Benjamin's. Uh, Uh, arcade's project mm -hmm. and it's all about paris mm -hmm. so i started reading it very closely mm -hmm. and in fact um, uh, basically what i was doing in paris was i was being a flaneur you know mm -hmm. so it's all about me as a kind of flaneur walking around paris and looking at it mm -hmm. and uh, then there's this whole history of uh, this fascination i mean paris is the most written about uh, city you know mm -hmm. and um, uh, then there's this whole history of edgar allan poe and the city as hunting ground for instance and coming down to like you know the new the french new waves uh, fascination with alfred hitchcock mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. all those kinds of mm -hmm. references are there mm -hmm. and um, and paris is also known as a city of light but here i make it very dark and menacing mm -hmm. uh, in a sense 
um, so I was doing these kind of mm -hmm. different things with the yeah. visual and with the text. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it's true, there is an inversion of Indian summer, you know, because uh, I'm bringing out this kind of underbelly. Mm -hmm. Actually, I was looking at the underbelly, you know, of, uh, uh, of this great civilization in a sense. But um, there's both things mm -hmm. happening, there's mm -hmm. celebration and uh, mm -hmm. because I had a wonderful time in Paris. I mean, I didn't, uh, uh, it's not, so there's a celebration and there's also this kind of, uh, mm -hmm. the dark kind of uh, mm -hmm. underbelly. And of course and the this past ethnographic and view also. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm being this kind of ethnographer mm -hmm. in a sense. It's all in there. Looking yeah. at this uh, city yeah. and examining it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the, um, the other thing that strikes me about this project um, is that, you know, Pushpa, you've appeared in so many um, unforgettable uh, guises in your work, you know, masquerades, and the ones um, that stay with me, they're iconic now, is, you know, the swashbuckling sort of heroine vamp of uh, uh, the um, Phantom Lady or the 1960s belle in a prom dress and the bouffant or the goddess Lakshmi, of course, or... Varma's uh, Forlorn Lady in Moonlight, or A Toda Woman, which is another of my favorites, uh, or that despairing criminal in the mugshot, the circus cheerleader, uh, and Shegel's uh, Woman on Charpoy, the painting. Mm -hmm. All of these, to me, are iconic now. I can't, I can't think of Pushpa without thinking of the Toda Woman and the despairing criminal in the mugshot. But um, this... Um, work is really striking because you, you uh, appear uh, the least masqueraded in a sense. You appear as, as Pushpa uh, in, in some sense. So can you tell me, uh, in, in other words, your, your own personal um, identity, your friendships, your, some of your relationships, mm. they intermingle. Your personal story intermingles quite powerfully. So can mm. you tell me about this kind of shift in... Um, in the self-presentation, does, does that have implications for you in this, in this series? Or? Well, yeah, I do different kinds of things, but uh, this was a kind of challenge thrown to me by my friend, you know, uh, who said that, you know, why don't you play yourself as you are, you know? So, I've, of course, I argued with her when uh, she told me that, but um, I thought about it. And, um, I mean, it's also practical because I, uh, my initial ideas about starting this thing off was um, actually to have some sort of costumes. It was too complicated. And then uh, in terms of continuity, because, uh, you know, how do I sort of, uh, it was a film like uh, I was doing. Um, so, but then also, I mean, there's another, I'm not actually central in most of the frames, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just mm -hmm. watching. Mm -hmm. So it's a very different mm -hmm. thing in that sense mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. But she does um, still I'm tantalize <laughs> us, in, for instance, in that uh, image in the back, she does step into a Caravaggio uh, painting and she assumes many different uh, masquerades, but also in there is, is Pushpa for the first time as well, it seems to me. That, um, and you have uh, obviously kind of perfected uh, this signature style, really. Um, that's, to me, one of the great accomplishments of your work, such a distinct and signature technique that we all now uh, refer to as photo performance. Um, and can you, can you tell me about where you see that technique um, going? Do you, f do you worry, for instance, about exhausting it, or is it still useful to you for um, uh, sort of continuing to lift the veil on these conventions of photography and cinema, or? Mm. I'm not really planning anything, you know. I just mm. go work from work to work, and each work sort of throws up uh, so many possibilities. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, like the Native Women Project, which, on which I worked on for about four years, there's so many pro uh, possibilities thrown up then, but uh, which I haven't followed up. There's so many leads in a sense, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I've got several things going, and I, I'm going to see how it goes. But I'm also very interested in uh, painting and sculpture, for instance. So I'm going to slowly bring it back into my practice. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, but it'll be related <laughs> to, in a sense, to uh, the sort of work I'm doing now. It won't be like I... Work, the way I worked with sculpture earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've just started making films, so that's mm -hmm. another yeah. uh, possibility. But there are many strands in my work uh, in the past, you know, like I've worked with found material, for instance. I could work with found images and not perform mm -hmm. at all, for mm -hmm. instance. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I'm very interested in, uh, actually I'm very interested in uh, the traditional forms like portraiture, landscape, 
still life and things like that, which I have also been using in my work, not so mm -hmm. much landscape. Yeah. I'm interested in theatre, for instance, and uh, yeah. I mean, I've got one master kind of uh, project in my mind, which I don't know if I'll ever do. It's another 10-year project, uh, because it also involves, like, history, you know, uh, is, uh, to, and, and it would combine uh, all the forms I've been uh, using or working in. I mean, mm -hmm. it would be, have photography, sculpture, painting, video, everything. So, wow. But I don't know. It's so ambitious that I don't know if it will never work. Oh, you, you heard it so here first. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'll yeah. do. Well, um, I mean, this um, series seems to reference, for me anyways, uh, obviously more theatre or cinema. And, of course, the installation is an important part of that. And yeah. um, the marquee-type uh, mm. work and the, the playing with text, which is also new for you because you don't generally um, take a digital hand to your photography yeah. in any way but so so and the, the you know the installation itself with this red luscious uh, mm. theatrical curtain these mm. curtains and so on so can you can you talk a little bit about what what kind of um, uh, engagement with with cinema and, and theater you were wanting to pursue here I, actually, I just love extending my work, you know. So when I did the film, the film is made from still photographs and I've got hundreds of photographs with me. So I just wanted to use them to, uh, uh, you know, and do something with them. And I still have further plans of uh, working on those stills. But uh, I'm also interested in different histories of photography. So uh, what people look, people look at only like, you know, uh, art photography or photojournalism or two or three forms, you know, but there are many histories, for example, medical photography or ethnography, which I've used, mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. bazaar photography. Mm -hmm. or, so, I mean, like, and another thing is the, the, the cinematic thing, you know, material, mm -hmm. like lobby cards and posters mm -hmm. and all that, which is another form, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm very interested in all those forms and of course like my continuing interest in popular culture and so on and then extending and extending and mm -hmm. elaborating on everything, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so then I decided to use these uh, things to, uh, you know, make a kind of, uh, you know, it's like cinephilia, you know, and photophilia also. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so I really enjoy doing that and mm -hmm. uh, the digital thing came in because I wanted to uh, uh, actually work with the text and with the, I like designing. Mm -hmm. Actually, I design my catalogs and uh, every part of the thing is, I feel, I mean, I work on as a work of art, you know, every, everything connected to the, um, uh, it's not only the central work and then somebody does the invitation design and somebody does the, uh, I mean, usually I have a hand in everything and they're all also works in themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so these are like a set of stills. And uh, then there are these lobby cards which I really enjoyed doing. And I took a long time, I've, I took months actually to sort of develop them. You know, it started off very simple and then uh, I was sort of discussing with some people and said it's very boring. And then I took, I mean, I started uh, uh, Googling some references. And then finally I, I, I said, you know, it should have something to do with the film. And the film, I've, in, the, in the film I've used the Mannerist and Baroque uh, kind of periods, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then I, I started looking at Bernini's work and Bernini's ceiling. So I got those basic uh, designs from uh, uh, Baroque ceilings mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, uh, abstracted them into these uh, patterns. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So I, I, everything is connected. And, and then the comic book thing actually relates mm -hmm. to the film. Mm -hmm. the, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Because, uh, again, mm -hmm. France, I was using French visual material mm -hmm. to make this film and a lot of references to French culture and uh, the comic book form is very popular in France, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're really mm -hmm. famous uh, kind of graphic novelists mm -hmm. and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, so actually I, um, I, I use that in the film as well. There are mm -hmm. two sequences in which, uh, I mean, of course I had to uh, invent, uh, think of different ways of using text because otherwise it would be very boring. So visually <laughs> as well as otherwise, like, mm -hmm. you know, there are different kinds of textures and uh, this thing in the mm -hmm. use of text. Uh, so that, that's a continuation of that, you know, mm -hmm. the, um, yeah. and I have other ideas of developing yeah. uh, this yeah. material. Yeah. Your, yeah. your work has been so often described, um, well, one reviewer I think put it very nicely, they said that Pushpa from both sides of the camera, you know, inserts herself into the frame uh, and directs the shot and somehow undoes and opens up all of the conventions uh, around you at the same time. Mm. And um, I've often seen your work uh, described as either uh, witty or ironic or, or a playful relationship to these conventions, but it seems to me that those adjectives um, uh, subsume the very labor-intensive pro process of producing, for instance, a, uh, 
Lakshmi or a yogini mm. uh, and yeah. so on. So can you, I've always wanted to know more about uh, that labor-intensive practice of yours mm. and, and the collaborative nature. And obviously uh, yeah. with uh, Claire Arney, for instance, you uh, named it as collaborative, but this, this um, project was very collaborative as well. Oh, yes, um, yeah. Pushpa has often, uh, it always strikes me as this incredible irreverence for photography itself. She says, well, I didn't have a camera. I don't take photographs. I'm not interested in cameras at all, <laughs> meaning somebody else is collaborating with her on that. So tell me about yeah. the collaborative nature of this, of your pro artistic process. Um, yeah, basically, I'm not a photographer. I don't take the photographs. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it starts from that I always work with photographers, but they can be different kinds of photographers. I mean, uh, I've worked with photojournalists, uh, studio, uh, in, with photo studios, and uh, now I'm doing a project where, uh, it's an ongoing project, it's called Travelogue, where I get a photograph of myself taken in a photo studio in every place that I go to. So that's any, you know, kind of anonymous kind of, uh, but I'm keeping a track of them. I always credit everybody I work with, you know. Mm -hmm. I usually yeah. have a credit uh, kind mm -hmm. of, I even usually have a, um, uh, framed credit page in, in my shows in which I talk about uh, uh, different people who worked on it. And um, yeah, I, it's collaboration on many levels because um, I really enjoy improvising. I improvise a lot. You know, mm -hmm. I have certain things like this structurally written down and some notes which I of, of the specific sort of shots and all that. But uh, while we're working, uh, I, I discuss it with the, the people and sometimes even my friends come and act in those things. They give me ideas or suggestions sometimes. Or the people I work with, I mean the photographer. Uh, of course, it's, sometimes it's hardly anything, sometimes it's a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, one of the best photographers I've worked with is Meena Lagarwal, uh, who shot Phantom Lady. And uh, she was very young. She was in her 20s and she just started freelancing. And I didn't realize she was so good, but she was excellent mm -hmm. technically, and she's very well-read, interested in... Um, she's married to a filmmaker friend of mine. She's very, obviously mm -hmm. very interested in film and in theater and so on. So uh, she knew... I mean, we had very nice discussions and over a long period of time before, um, before and during and after the work. Another wonderful person to work with was um, uh, Cedric Sartor, who was mm -hmm. the uh, uh, photographer for this Paris Autumn. So I just bumped into him in uh, Paris. Mm -hmm. Actually, in, uh, I met him during the uh, opening of Indian Summer in the Ensba, and he just came up to me, he recognized me from my photographs and said, I really like your work. So we were just chatting and I said, I'm, I've come here for a uh, residency, I'm going to be here for three months. He said, I'd love to work with you. Mm. And he uh, actually called me up a week later and he showed me his work. And I liked his work, he was actually doing, uh, um, using a lot of deep blacks in his work, but they're landscapes, you know. Um, and then he was again, like, you know, he's a very, very well-read young chap, very well-read, very interested in cinema, theater. He introduced me to a lot of music, which I finally used in the pinched and sort of used in the uh, film. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's a very interesting person mm -hmm. to work with, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, we had a lot of discussions. And uh, mm -hmm. in fact, he, uh, for example, he suggested the dream scene in the film. Uh, because mm -hmm. I was wondering, I was just talking to him and saying, how do I... Uh, you know, bring in the riots into this thing, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. It would be very jarring because this uh, whole style of uh, the ghost story was, uh, again, this very classical thing, you know, very rich visually mm -hmm. and uh, uh, to do with a lot of art history, mm -hmm. the museum and mm -hmm. so on. And he said, why don't you have a dream scene and uh, bring in these images? So that's how it started. I, did, I used mm -hmm. it in a different way later on, but uh, I think just the day before I was leaving, I just went to his um, flat. He had this room, and then uh, we quickly did a whole lot of uh, uh, shots, you know. And mm -hmm. some of them were his ideas. For example, there's this, uh, <laughs> this trick where there's a, there's a bowl with, the, uh, with my fingers in it, and it looks as if it's bleeding. So he said, no, no, he put, some, uh, he put some ink on my hands, and he said, you dip it into the bowl, for instance, you know. So it's, it is, it, I mean, I, I actually include a lot of ideas suggested mm -hmm. on the spot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, if it, you know, works with my line of thinking, mm -hmm. it's not that mm -hmm. I accept every single thing that's right. Right. Uh, said or something like that. And imagine but, the, uh, the editing process is a, a very uh, rigorous one because yeah, to, yeah. to select, make the selection and then sequence them is a, no, that a it, I worked for uh, one and a half months on the editing of the mm -hmm. film, mm -hmm. and uh, that's, I think, twice as much as what a regular feature film mm -hmm. uh, thinks. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the work was done on the editing table, you know, mm -hmm. because we were uh, um, editing the pictures, I was writing the text, because I had to write the, I had, I had uh, like a pile of uh, printouts and notes, 
you know, of all the research I'd done. Uh, but uh, I had to uh, work on the text uh, according to the way I was using it in the film. So if uh, there were blurbs, for example, I decided to have this whole comic book form with blurbs in some of the scenes because uh, I had to uh, have a very brief way of uh, uh, giving a lot of information, like the history, for instance. You know? Otherwise, it becomes very boring if you start explaining. So when you talk, you don't mm -hmm. have to sort of, you can talk very briefly and you know, there can be a back and forth, mm -hmm. which is very informal. And so I had to write a uh, text for that, you know, mm -hmm. on the spot. Mm -hmm. And then you were doing the music design also as uh, we were editing. Mm -hmm. I've got this wonderful editor in, uh, uh, in Bombay who I get along with very well, actually. He's also a filmmaker himself, mm -hmm. but uh, he used to also work for MTV and he's got a great sense of humor and all. We have a great yeah. time actually working together. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, what happened for the, I mean, I, I love the, actually, I think the sound design for this film has come out. Mm -hmm. Uh, very well, you mm -hmm, know, and yes. um, I'm very, uh, really happy with it. And one of the things I've got interested uh, in video is, is sound, because that comes, it's a completely new dimension from uh, more than the moving picture, you mm -hmm. know, than uh, what I've done before. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had some ideas, you know, and uh, Sankal first said, why don't you, I'll, uh, I'll uh, ask her, why don't you ask this friend of mine to do the music for you, a composer. But, uh, somehow I didn't want to work with someone else, you know, because... Uh, I have to have this kind of, you know, it's a, it's a very empathetic thing, you know, I have to get along with the person to mm -hmm. uh, work with them. There's mm -hmm. a lot of discussion and then trying mm -hmm. out things and all that. So I said, why don't you just do it, because he's got a nice sense of music, he's very fond of music, mm -hmm. though he's not actually a, a sound pers person, he's a film editor. Uh, and then uh, I actually wanted a lot of, I had got some stuff from uh, Paris and uh, uh, I had this, I always wanted to work with uh, uh, sounds, you know, sound effects. Uh, so I wanted to make uh, most of the sound out of sound effects and uh, uh, so Sankalp got this, you get these, uh, you can buy them, you know, so they got the set of things or maybe got it from a friend called Hollywood sound effects. They, they, uh, I couldn't use Indian sound effects mm -hmm. because you get those CDs of the sound effects, you know. Mm -hmm. the funny things, doors mm -hmm. creaking, yeah, uh, traffic yeah, noise, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, but apparently the siren sound is all wrong because it's not the French siren sound, mm -hmm. somebody told me, the police mm -hmm. siren, you know. So mm -hmm. I tried to actually use um, sounds which are not literal. Mm -hmm. uh, I really used this whole montage thing like, you mm -hmm. know, with the sound mm -hmm. over here. Mm -hmm. Uh, so a lot of the sounds, like for example, when it sounds like I'm screaming, it's, it's not a scream, but it may be some machine sound or something mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, uh, for example, you see the Louvre and you, you find these drilling sounds and things like that. Mm -hmm. They don't actually match, they're not literal, you know, mm -hmm. so uh, otherwise you would expect sort of a classical music or something like that when you have mm -hmm. a picture of the Louvre, you know, mm -hmm. so I wanted to actually do this kind of uh, overlay, you know, which gives another meaning. Mm -hmm. Uh, to the mm -hmm. thing and mm -hmm. we made music out of that mm -hmm. you know uh, like uh, every time the ghost comes you find this uh, splashing of water and uh, because of the bathtub <laughs> image in the painting and there's uh, women laughing for instance mm -hmm. and some strange uh, mm -hmm. I mean some of them are also from horror films horror film effects and all that mm -hmm. uh, yeah so it's uh, so we were sitting together and like you know you're we trying out things mm -hmm. and uh, you know working together mm -hmm. uh, that, it, yeah. it always seemed to me like you are having so much fun when you're producing your art. Is that true or, is, or do you sit there and suffer no, and anguish? Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> it is yeah, both. The, it's yeah, both. The fun is in retrospect yeah. actually. I'm usually very tense when I'm working and I'm sort of... Mm. I do a lot of production work, you know, so I have to run around and uh, work with all sorts of characters yeah. who always do everything wrong. So I get everything done three times over. So, I mean, Native Women was like a nightmare, actually, you know. Four years I just it, suffered. It looked like that. the biggest party uh, No, uh, it wasn't, possible. it wasn't at all. Oh, it was okay. very stressful. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Yeah. Because that's there's so much of detailing and each thing had yeah. to be got. Mm -hmm. I mean, some things I bought on the pavement. I then went, went around looking in markets for something. Mm -hmm. Some things I yeah. made myself. Yeah. Some things I got done. And mm -hmm. each time it was a different tailor. Each time it was a different backdrop painter. It was mm -hmm. mad, you know. It yeah. was, but it was very interesting because it's again like, you mm -hmm. know, uh, investigating the whole... Um, I think I've worked with practically most of the people who produce the visual culture of the city. I could mm -hmm. do another project, you know, mm -hmm. like a documentary mm -hmm. film or something like that with those people, it mm -hmm. was very interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, that's the sense of play that you sustain is obviously, um, <laughs> a lot of work goes into your play, that's for sure. I saw a quote um, where you said that you don't ever want to talk about gays anymore. Um, 
about gaze, about the gaze. Gaze? The gaze. Oh, the, the gaze. The oh, photographic gaze. Oh, yes. yeah. oh, gaze. <laughs> I thought I was yeah. being uh, politically incorrect. <laughs> no. Uh, no, oh, this is not a question about homosexuality. Uh, yeah. Okay. Where was that quote? Um, on the internet somewhere. The the gaze, J Z E, uh, because no, somebody no, was no, saying no. your your. Um, you no, know, I'll tell you two things irritate me: masquerade yeah. and the word masquerade and okay. the word uh, kind of gaze. You gaze. know. Uh, so I don't, it's too I don't loosely like it either, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell me why you don't like to talk about it anymore. <laughs> no, no, it's not uh, anymore. But my work is not really. Uh, I mean, I, actually, just about masquerade or about the male inverting the male gaze or something mm -hmm. like that. It's mm -hmm. a lot of a uh, lot of things are happening there. Mm -hmm. So it becomes this kind of there's a slot, like you know, which yeah. uh, I mean, people who write about art want uh, to. It's very easy to yeah. slot artists into these kind of, yeah. you know, these certain phrases and words. So you, you can, you know, with five or six, you can sort of say, yeah, mm -hmm. they're there, you know, yeah. they belong there. Yeah. So I think uh, that that makes you, that stops you from actually looking at the work and what's happening there. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know how I feel. Again, mm -hmm. we can uh, throw out the gaze when we talk about Pushpa's work, as well as the obvious, uh, the phrase India's Cindy Sherman, mm -hmm. um, which is so problematic in many ways. And in fact, mm -hmm. I use that. I told Pushpa as an exam question on a midterm on, in my mm. course on modern and contemporary mm. Indian art, and the, the wrong answer is to mm. say, yes, she is India, Cindy Sherman. <laughs> and the goal is, of course, to unpack mm. all of the relationships of uh, derivation or primacy mm. and secondary or center and periphery that is contained in a, in a sentence like that. And I assume uh, you're very ambivalent about that contrast as well. I mean, it's ubiquitous. You, you often hear mm. uh, your work compared to Cindy Sherman, and uh, mm. we're tired of that too, aren't we? I mean, you seem to me no, obviously it's just that to be No, by the time I started working, the I started doing, uh, I think, uh, seriously, 1996, I did the first shoot of Phantom Lady, and mm. actually, 97, I really sort of started concentrating on... Uh, this is, there's a whole, I mean, every show had uh, somebody in, uh, you know, whatever, like, you know, uh, this photo performance was ubiquitous everywhere, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So it was a mm -hmm. genre that was there and mm -hmm. I just took it, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not one person or the other. In fact, I would say like at, when, I was, when I did Phantom Lady, I was uh, really thinking about uh, Bupen's work, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Bupen's yeah. early catalogues, and uh, which I'd always liked, yeah. where he's there, like, you know, uh, very funny, dressed as um, he's being Superman or like, you know, he's being James Bond and things like mm -hmm. that. So it mm -hmm. was like really uh, this doing this uh, Nadia yeah. kind of thing was yeah. like the superwoman, you know, yeah. being, becoming a superwoman. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, wanted to, some, another, um, uh, well, another um, reviewer I think said that mm. Pushpa, you're still really, she of course began her career as a sculptor, a sculptor. Uh, creating sculpture and um, then moved on to play with these uh, conventions of photo photography and film. Mm -hmm. And in this uh, series, you're not actually making the film, the 30 minute film, is not actually a film. It's um, uh, stills put together in sequence to create a, a set of moving images. Um, mm -hmm. And so somebody also said that you actually still really, in the end, remain a kind of a sculptor, that you're sculpting images mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And there is something that seems mm. very um, uh, accurate about that. How do you feel about uh, such a characterization? Yeah, it's, I, it's, several people have Isn't remarked it? on it, which mm -hmm. I, I think it's true, because I somehow tend to see, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, images in volume and mass, actually. And mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. think I sort of model with light. I like using black and white and mm -hmm. textures. And they're quite sort of... Uh, I like the sensuality, you know, of mm -hmm. the work as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... Uh, mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Hmm. I, I, maybe it's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I like it I mean, too. Well, Andrei Tarkovsky said the film is sculpting in time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's something like that maybe. Good. Because, so, because normally one thinks of film in terms of uh, painting, that it came out of painting, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, perspective and, mm -hmm. you know, you don't think of it as a, mm -hmm. a sculpture, though of, mm -hmm. obviously it's like three-dimensional, mm -hmm. you know, the scene yeah. is three-dimensional. Yeah, well, it's so yeah. always so um, interesting to me is that your practice really defies those conventional uh, uh, labels. The either photographer, you're not a photographer, a filmmaker, well, it's not actually a, mm -hmm. a, a, a filmic, uh, you're not working with the actual substance of the video or something mm -hmm. like that, and uh, that photo performance itself is a, a hybrid mm -hmm. um, 
technique um, that, that you really are kind of forging uh, new ground there. You mentioned the uh, riots mm -hmm. in the film. The film is very complicated because there's multiple narratives simultaneously. There's a kind of narrative about um, uh, sort of Renaissance or Enlightenment France. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a narrative about 19th century Paris, this Benjaminian kind of portrait. Yeah. There's a narrative about the present, that is you, the artist, there. And then there's the ghost stuff that connects. And the image of riots occurs twice. One is about the historic riots that you're exploring, um, which were religious riots. Mm -hmm in France in the 18th century, I gather, and then 16th century. 16th century. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, also another narrative that's, that's incorporated is, er, included is the uh, riots in the per Parisian banlieue that, that yeah. happened that yeah. summer. Yeah. The, in other words, the race riots, the contemporary context. Mm -hmm. So um, a number of people have felt that that kind of um, reference to both historical and contemporary riots mm. evokes, mm. of course, the context of riots in India, communal riots. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, tell me, is that, is that um, oblique yeah. reference a stretch absolutely. or is that there for no, you? No, absolutely, yeah. because uh, the first thing is when I saw these, uh, read about the 30 years war, there were not riots actually, it was a state-sponsored sort of um, massacre. Mm -hmm. Because uh, there's this whole thing, uh, I mean, Henry IV, I mean, uh, uh, the, um, the Queen, um, Catherine de Medici uh, married her daughter to Henry of Navarre, who became Henry IV, uh, who uh, was a Protestant. And so that was to, in a sense, bring about peace between the warring nobles, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but actually, on the, during the wedding celebrations, they planned this massacre of all the Protestant uh, leaders who had come there. So it started with the leaders and it became a general massacre, which spread throughout France. So it was a very violent massacre and I actually found this painting of the massacre in the Louvre, in the French section. You know, when mm -hmm. I went to look for this uh, painting of Gabriel Destre, the massacre thing was there. So I've used that also, mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. with these heads chopped yeah. off and, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. so on. So mm -hmm. that was, I mean, I think thousands of uh, mm -hmm. Protestants were killed then and after that Protestantism never sort of came back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them uh, later uh, emigrated mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the, mm -hmm. you know, and finally, uh, of course, to become king of France, Henry had to convert to Catholicism. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was wiped out yeah. during that time. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was uh, definitely thought about Gujarat and uh, about others, you know, mm -hmm. anti-Sikh mm -hmm. also to some extent, mm -hmm. and uh, partition riots and so on. So mm -hmm. I was immediately attracted to that, you know, mm -hmm. as subject mm -hmm. matter because mm -hmm. it... I was coming from that mm -hmm. uh, thing. Yeah. Well, the theme yeah. of violence is quite prominent in this series. I mean, mm -hmm. not just through riots, mm -hmm. uh, uh, historical or social mm -hmm. violence, but also this mm -hmm. kind of existential mm -hmm. violence or mm -hmm. the fear of, the threat of, mm -hmm. of violence. Um, mm -hmm. But um, I guess one question is if it's not, um, or t tell me about the, mm -hmm. the um, the, co the, the kind of commentary about violence you, you're making. Is, it's so mm -hmm. oblique um, at the same time, but tell me, tell me about your relationship to, to thinking about violence, I guess, in, in general. Thinking about violence. <laughs> I mean, social well, violence or what? what uh, well, it seems to me to appear on many levels. Mm. Um, social fear of violence, mm. um, uh, you know, the, this kind of image here where your, your entire body is sort of seeming to respond to, mm. to something very fearful, very ominous. Mm. Um, mm. And so, yeah, it seems so um, uh, in contrast to the, the playfulness and the fun of mm. some of the other works. So, you mm. know, do you see it as just a couple of different directions or do you see con connections or just to be pursuing different objectives in different series? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, there's an underlying uh, sort of uh, thing, you know, this kind of, I mean, Phantom Lady also had that thing yes. of threat and, uh, mm -hmm. but in a different mm -hmm. way. I mean, that mm -hmm. was like uh, uh, more, you know, uh, to do with the city, mm -hmm. you know, with this mm -hmm. woman uh, in the city kind mm -hmm. of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, here it's a more of a historical thing mm -hmm. and a social mm -hmm. uh, thing yeah. of a generalized uh, mm -hmm. uh, state yeah. of, uh, yeah, I guess I, maybe maybe yeah. let me try and um, restate mm -hmm. that the maybe the the theme of violence that is present in in much of your work 
seems to uh, elude the strategies of parody and wit, mm -hmm. um, that you take different strategies. Does that mm -hmm. seem to make sense to you, or is that fair to say? Yeah, I try mm -hmm. to sort of overlay them, you know, so mm -hmm. it's like uh, mm -hmm. you get a distance and... Uh, I mean, I am sort of... Uh, I don't like, for example, Kathy Kolowitz's work, you know, that kind of uh, a very direct sort of uh, expression mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, in a, a pathos of fear or uh, that expressionist kind of thing I don't like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so mm -hmm. I like to sort of like distance it, you know, with mm -hmm. a kind of... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, I, mean, I mean, it's not only violence, there may be a lot of melancholy or, uh, mm -hmm. or it's something very serious, but mm -hmm. uh, it's also or very terror. comic. Mm -hmm. And uh, so mm -hmm. there are two things happening, you know, mm -hmm. so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, tell me about the, um, uh, what Gabriel uh, Destri represents for you, this figure mm. from French history that, mm -hmm. um, that you're trying to uncover. Because uh, mm. right away she seems to be kind of a subject of feminist historiography. She uses mm. the other woman whose story wasn't told and you're kind of trying to mm. pursue her and bring her into, into history. Um, yeah. What does she represent to you as a figure in the film? That, no, I was mm -hmm. like, uh, I mean, uh, she's an interesting character because she's a very powerful woman. And uh, there are many different things, you know, like, for example, uh, what was very interesting is, like, I worked out this whole thing. Uh, I mean, like, uh, when I was editing, for instance, when I wanted to handle uh, for this, uh, my Sankalp, uh, uh, you know, my editor said, why don't you uh, uh, read Baudelaire? You're like, you know, he's, uh, all his poems are about Paris. Uh, but I find him very misogynistic, actually, you know, so I didn't want mm -hmm. to use that. But uh, all those, uh, not only Baudelaire, but a lot of people who wrote about um, Paris during this late 19th century, mm -hmm. it's always like, you know, uh, uh, the city, woman, death, mm -hmm. whore, <laughs> you know. And this, actually, this whole, and, and the city as a, a prostitute, I mean, a whore, like a woman as a whore, like a woman as death, mm -hmm. and so on, you know. And uh, this actually all the images in this, in this um, you know, uh, in my work are about that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, though not quite in the way they saw it, in that very kind of, you know, uh, mm -hmm. kind of totally mm -hmm. misogynistic, uh, I think, you mm -hmm. know. But uh, this, uh, these, estri they were two sisters, you know, this, mm -hmm. of this duke, mm -hmm. the three sisters, Gabriel and her sister, mm -hmm. who were great beauties. Mm -hmm. And in fact, apparently her, the father was um, accused, there's a lot of intrigue going on at that time, it was quite rough. And apparently he used these two daughters to um, uh, kind of um, uh, catch uh, these influential men, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, apparently he like, used to sort of manipulate these daughters. And she became the mistress of uh, Henry IV when she was 17 or 18. She had four children by him, you know, illegitimate children. Mm -hmm. And finally he wanted to marry her and then she died just before the wedding. She, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. apparently she was, she used to, I mean, he was estranged from this Margot, like, you know, because ever mm -hmm. since the beginning it was sort of, uh, you know, doomed because mm -hmm. of the riots and everything. And they never had any children. And uh, she used to live in the palace as, as, as the queen, more or less. Mm -hmm. And she was very influential, you know, in, uh, in terms of, and apparently she's, uh, I mean, she was just in her early 20s at that time. And mm -hmm. uh, she is supposed to have been influential even in making him convert to uh, uh, a Catholic to become king, mm -hmm. because he was a staunch Protestant. And for a long time, there was this kind of stalemate in, uh, after the Thirty Years' War, he won the war. But there's a stalemate because he was actually the direct heir of, uh, uh, of the dynasty, actually. He was also a cousin of the uh, earlier, the, the, whatever, the king earlier, mm -hmm. you know, who was Margot's brother. Mm -hmm. uh, but he couldn't become king because there was a rule, there's a law that only a Catholic could be king. A Protestant could not be king of France. Mm -hmm. So he was, but he was, uh, you know, there was a, there's a whole, that's another interesting thing. There's a whole controversy, mm -hmm. you know, going to the Pope and uh, mm -hmm. all that. And they didn't want him to become king, uh, uh, convert him actually. But she sort of persuaded him apparently and uh, then he's supposed to have mm -hmm. said like, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, mm -hmm. I think a mass is worth uh, uh, the throne of France mm -hmm. or something like that. There are all mm -hmm. these aphorisms connected to that mm -hmm. whole period. It's very interesting mm -hmm. stuff, you know, to all sorts of um, aspects yeah. to this whole history. Yeah. So she is like this kind of a, like a courtesan figure, but mm -hmm. this powerful uh, uh, noble woman as well, mm -hmm. very influential, very intelligent, and uh, she's also, you know, part of folklore. Mm -hmm. There are many folk tales about her. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they had this very, and then she's this kind of romantic figure, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. uh, they had a great love affair, mm -hmm. Henry and uh, uh, this uh, woman, you know, Gabrielle. Mm -hmm. And if you Google, you'll find them on the love letters page <laughs> site. <laughs> and that the love letters are there, you know, very passionate love letters. And throughout their courtship, he was in battle. So she used to go and meet him, on, uh, you know, uh, during the battles. 
and stay with him and all that. She was, mm. Obviously, it was very dangerous, you know, because it was a con constant sort of uh, years of uh, uh, battle, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, mm -hmm. like seven, eight years mm -hmm. of uh, raging battle, where the whole of France was devastated, actually, mm -hmm. by this mm -hmm. whole 30 years' mm -hmm. war. And mm -hmm. plus Europe, because uh, the, the King of Spain was uh, supporting the Catholics and uh, mm -hmm. Elizabeth was uh, supporting the Protestants and so on and mm -hmm. so forth, you mm -hmm. know, so there were so many mm -hmm. things happening. So, so you can see interesting. Pushpa is completely um, <laughs> enlivened and enchanted by, <laughs> yeah. by this history. And yeah. in many ways, uh, in the film, you are kind of a historical yeah. detective. Yeah. Um, and there's many ways that you access history through yeah. the museum, through, through yeah. um, the paintings, art history, yeah. and through Google, yes. <laughs> the Google search. <laughs> They're all in there. So, and uh, yeah. I gather you're taking the Google approach to history equally as serious, or is there a comment about uh, <laughs> different... Uh, no, the problem is over there. That high, I high and low <laughs> histories? <or Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I couldn't read anything when I was in uh, uh, you know, France, because everything was in French. So I was doing some of the research over there on Google, but not everything is, I mean, that's encapsulated. You know, I didn't want to go too deeply into it because uh, I wouldn't be able to do anything, you know. Mm -hmm. I needed some kind of uh, uh, abbreviated kind of stuff. But about, I mean, it was not only Google because about the riots, I have a historian friend in uh, Paris called uh, Dilip Subramaniam, and he had written a kind mm -hmm. of uh, essay on the Paris riots for EPW, mm -hmm. Economic mm -hmm. and Political mm -hmm. Weekly. Mm -hmm. So I asked him to, mm -hmm. uh, he uh, sent he, it to me and... He uh, appears in the film too, doesn't he? He's yeah, also in the film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked him to send me the essay and I, because it was, uh, mm -hmm. I needed a kind of a, you know, it was a very good analysis mm -hmm. of the riots, mm -hmm. that what happened and mm -hmm. why it happened and mm -hmm. so on. It was, mm -hmm. Because there was a lot of sensational reportage in the world uh, media, you know, about mm -hmm. the French mm -hmm. riots. It's mm -hmm. high exaggeration, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. So, um, different kinds of things. There was another. Uh, should I should I open it up to to other questions, or sh uh, are we how are we doing for time? Um, yeah. Um, well, maybe maybe I should do that, and rather than me continue on, um, would anybody else like to to ask? Question either about this this project or, or other work of hers, or well, if not, I, I have a couple more. Then okay. <laughs> the um, one of the micro narratives in here, and again, the, this is the way art historians respond to to Pushpa's work. We get very excited about all of the art historical references, and it seemed to me, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe this is a stretch, but a, a, a micro narrative about the Indian artist's relationship and counter mm -hmm. with the high traditions of European mm -hmm. Enlightenment art history. That's, mm -hmm. I'm thinking particularly of your, your encounter in the, in the space of the museum, both the Louvre, the, mm -hmm. uh, I think the um, Pompidou is represented, but as well mm -hmm. as the, I forget the name of that final. Uh, the, 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 the chapel the is chapel. in the Enzba, yeah. The it's, chapel, it's, it's, right. it's, Yeah, it's not a museum. Yeah, yeah. Sort of and the big drama really happens mm -hmm. with you, you in the chapel and the work. No, that chapel was very funny because it's totally kitsch. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, uh, Henry's wife, Margot, it was her chapel. She built mm -hmm. the chapel. Mm -hmm. So wherever I went, I found this history, you know. It was very mm -hmm. interesting. Like the, even the Pont Neuf Bridge, Mm -hmm. That's all, that was the first bridge across the river built by Henry, mm -hmm. you know, the Henry the Fourth. Uh, it's, it was a chapel for a very short time. Mm -hmm. Then when the college was started, I think from the 17th century or something, uh, uh, it was just used like all, I mean, it's full of uh, copies of uh, Western, I mean, masterpieces mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. Michelangelo's uh, La, Last mm -hmm. uh, Judgment and um, a lot of his uh, uh, sculptures are there. And uh, it's, it's got like uh, things copied, a lot of, uh, I mean, earlier actually uh, France had no great art history, like, you know, it was all Italian uh, artists mm -hmm. uh, who mm -hmm. were very influential mm -hmm. uh, there. So there are a lot of copies of all these things, mm -hmm. you know, uh, they're all put together, but they're all fake. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing is this fake, uh, <laughs> the museum of mm -hmm. fake images, you know. Mm -hmm. so all those tomb things are also mm -hmm. copied from some other mm -hmm. uh, historical tombs yeah. and uh, placed there. And what looks like uh, marbled pillars is actually plaster of Paris. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. so, uh, yeah. and, and it's all done by the students of the Ensbach. Mm -hmm. So that's another mm -hmm. kind of art history, like, yeah. you know, another You treat the space of the museum. <laughs> Yeah. and the great uh, European mm -hmm. art museum okay. in the same way that she treats um, 
the conventions of photography very irreverently and she subverts it and mocks it and makes it kitsch and plays with it and lies on the art and all sorts of other relationships. So this, the script is, is totally, um, you know, uh, um, spontaneous and, and irreverent, I suppose. Um, but the relationship of the Indian artist then that I'm, that I'm seeing in the film to this grand European art history seems both or seems simultaneously obviously um, seductive, uh, inspiring, um, but also a little distant mm -hmm. and um, at times possibly alienating. Mm -hmm. uh, and do you think that's overreaching or...? or no, I think we're just very, very familiar with Western art history. You know? mm -hmm. We know it very, very mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. You know, we've uh, studied it mm -hmm. and we've had a lot of opportunity recently mm -hmm. to see uh, all the original, mm -hmm. many of the original artworks, so mm -hmm. we're, we're extremely familiar, we can play with it, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. It yeah. is not awesome at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, one can have one's own mm -hmm. views, we, we have our own, uh, sort of, we use them for our own work and uh, mm -hmm. we have our own favorites and other things we find mm -hmm. very funny and uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, our point of view, you know. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, I mean, it's not only art, but like, say, uh, I mean, uh, we know, I mean, I, I knew a lot about France before I went there. I mean, I'm familiar with the mm -hmm. art history, mm -hmm. I'm familiar with the film, mm -hmm. I mean, a, a lot like literature as mm -hmm. well, and so many things mm -hmm. that we are familiar with when we go there, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah. it's not something that is, uh, you know, it's, it's already known mm -hmm. in a mm -hmm. sense, mm -hmm. and then you, yeah. you can play with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I happen to think that that's a very uh, dynamic uh, continuity in your work, that is mm -hmm. to say, until now there was a, a real deep uh, mm -hmm. and systematic engagement with, let's say, the visual archive of an Indian art history um, mm -hmm. uh, and, and in all of its forms, mm -hmm. from popular print to, yeah. to the high art, uh, the modernist uh, Indian visual uh, stock of visual imagery. Um, and now you seem to turn to mm -hmm. kind of the stock of visual uh, mm -hmm. archive of the, of the Western Museum and um, allow it also to be claimed for no, we already have it. Yeah, I don't have to clean, yeah. claim it. We're yeah. as familiar with Western yeah. art history as we are yeah. with the Indian art history. Exactly. You know? yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, we've learned it simultaneously, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, there's, no di yeah. there's not much of a difference, you know, mm -hmm. except that uh, I, I guess the, sometimes the way one engages with uh, something is mm -hmm. uh, different, but mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah. very, very familiar, you know. Yeah. But obviously the one thing that yeah. Pushpa does is subvert the dominance of those histories at the same time that she <laughs> engages them as well. Um, Maybe a last question. Um, let it, tell us, share with us then um, uh, some new projects or what you're working on now or where you think <laughs> you might be headed. Tell us about yeah, what we might see from you in the next uh, Yeah, everything's while. in pro progress actually. I'm, I'm continuing, I'm, you know, I'm continuing with photography and with video. I'm also writing a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I keep writing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What are you writing? I keep writing in my catalogs and, um, mm -hmm. you know, even mm -hmm. presenting papers mm -hmm. and things. I might sort of like develop mm -hmm. some of those things. Mm -hmm. I've got this character called, fictitious character called N. Rajalakshmi. So I've written several uh, <laughs> interviews. <laughs> so I might develop her as a character okay. because she's been very static for a long time. And what is so she? Uh, she's a she very about? nerdy journalist, oh, okay. so you'll find her in all my catalogs <laughs> okay, and also yeah. other places where I, ask, I get her to ask me questions which I want to answer because nobody asks me those questions, so <laughs> <laughs> then I answer those questions. Okay. So. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, Pushpa, thank you. We're looking forward to the nerdy journalist now. But, and thank, thank you very you much and congratulations on this work. It's lovely and uh, I'm very happy to talk to you about it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.